Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Blizzard Chat. Uh, the Patreons voted on who they wanted to hear the interview of first and they voted for Ben Hodge. So we're going to be talking to wonderful Ben Hodge today, uh, which is uh, I'm really excited about. I really enjoyed having this chat with Ben. Uh, ben Hodge, for those of you who don't know, which I'm assuming is none of you, otherwise why would you have clicked on, on this this podcast? Uh, yeah, Ben is a uh, is a quite a new addition to the comedy circuit. Uh, been going for uh, I want to say eighteen months. I may have got that wrong. Apologies if I had. Certainly less than two years. And within that time, he has not only gone to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, but also been part of the Soul Funny project, which was a project uh, started by University of Salford members uh, to get um, University of Salford comedians up to the Edinburgh Fringe in circumstances that they otherwise would not have been able to afford to do. Um, and this was a successful project. Uh, they went up last year, and it was a, a a huge success for everyone involved um so ben in that aspect is not just an asset to the circuit because of his own content but also in in the uh, the opportunities and the work he does to help others so um it's fantastic to have him on the show today um he's also um one of the only trans men comedian i know now i'm sure there's loads more out there but i'm really excited that we have been able to platform uh, him on not on our, not only on our live show but also uh, with this interview today um, because trans people I'm sure you're aware are wildly underrepresented in pop culture and uh, when they are represented in pop culture a they are usually the butt of the joke and b they're almost exclusively trans women trans men are, are, are an underrepresented group within an underrepresented group so yeah it, it is a, with huge pleasure that I um, that I platform him uh, uh, that, that I'm able to platform one uh, here today and hopefully we're going to see a load more uh, getting the respect and uh, notoriety that they deserve uh, within the next few years uh, but for now without further ado uh, let's chat with Ben Hello Hello, you alright? Yeah, you Fantastic, yeah, all things considered, I'm do doing okay Good, good, yeah Good. I feel it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely um, how did you discover stand-up, and what was your performance background prior to this? Because you start you started off with like theatre, didn't you? Yeah, so I kind of started off with watching people like Michael Michael McIntyre, you know, like the sort of like kid-friendly people. Yeah. Um, well, I say kid-friendly lightly, like PG. Yeah. So I've been I started sort of watching I started watching him, and that's kind of got what me into it's what got me into comedy. Yeah. Um, and then. I did sort of like, like in school, I, I was very musical in school, like I was always very like performance based, but like in high school it was very um, music orientated, so I did a lot of performance on stage with that, and then I also did like bits with like the drama um, clubs, so that was just sort of like, I don't know, just your average sort of school plays, you know, Joseph, and um, oh, we did yeah. Godspell, that was pretty fun, um, um, and, and I was always... Godspell. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, Godspell's amazing. It's about, it's the book of Matthew, but it's like the last two weeks of Jesus's life, but it's really cleverly written. Oh, okay. Song. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. It's so good. And like, I'm not religious or anything like that. Like, I don't, I don't really align with a certain faith, but like, I love sort of like, I love le learning about religion and like things like that. And it was just like a really nice way of like because I was doing um religion and philosophy at the same time with my GCSEs it like accompanied my studies which I like didn't expect but it was really nice but yeah yeah so but in those plays I usually 
I usually was like the funny one, like the clowny one. Um, like in Godspell, there's a song called Turn Back Home Man. Um, yeah. And I did it sort of like what you would describe as slutty. Okay, yeah. So kind of, <laughs> yeah. So kind of a bit like, you know, <laughs> I said, I, like my head teacher was watching and I was being like, it's sexual and being like, oh, you like Jesus? I'm a sinner. <laughs> Oh, that sounds fantastic. I'm 16. <laughs> it was pretty. Oh, God, yeah. Which my favorite thing was like, oh, I, I didn't expect the thigh. And I was like, <laughs> honey, this is the true side. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that's where, like, I think that's where it's <laughs> peaked, isn't the word. That's where my. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but so, so you, yeah, I so. You did not peak. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, it sounds great, but if that, that would be quite depressing. That was the highlight of your career. So yeah, so so so, so, so you started in a you started in a sort of school play theatrical kind of background. Uh, when did you sort of start thinking you could do sort of so form of stand up yourself? Was that a thing you sort of was that a thing you discovered at university, or did you have a, like a prior kind of experience with that? Um, no, so I sort of, I did start it at uni, so I, like I said, I'd always sort of been the funny one, making like, you know, like class clown jokes, like quick things yeah, yeah. at like teachers and stuff like that, and then like, I came to Salford not really knowing much about like the comedy background at mm. Salford Uni, Yeah. anyway, um, I joined the Comedy Society, saw like what the Edinburgh Fringe lot had done from uh, the 28th, the year that... 2018, so it was the people that went to Edinburgh in 2018. Yeah, yeah. So saw what they sort of did. Um, went to Comedy Society, like, watched a few people develop their own sets and then was like, do you know what? I'll just, I'm going to do it. Like, you know, people have always said that... I don't, I, I don't want to be one of them people who, who's like, you know, people have always said I'd make a great stand-up. But, like, people have, yeah. you know, sometimes said to me, like, oh, you should go into stand-up. So yeah, yeah. I thought, like, why not just give it a go? Absolutely, and yeah. Yeah, just started. I did like my first two gigs were in uni. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, I, I kind of got like, what is it, like the buzz for it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was like, do you know what? I'll just, I'm gonna go out and see what I can do. And almost eighteen months later, I'm here and I'm still doing it and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. That that is that is a reason you should, you should carry on doing it. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, with your first gigs, um, how did you go about writing that? Was that stuff you did with the society? Like, what do they do? Well, I I mean, um, just for the sake of anyone listening to this, I also went to the university. I was doing a comedy course, and I was part of the comedy society. Although the comedy society didn't really do anything the years I was there, so I'm not 100 percent sure how how it's evolved since then. Clearly. Like, seems, it, it, by the sounds of it, they seem to be a lot more active than when I was in them. So, yeah, I'm curious about how, like, did you start writing? What, did you have stuff sort of kind of vaguely pre-written before you consciously decided to do it? Or, yeah. Yeah, sort of. Like, I kind of had, like, because obviously a lot of mine is centred around, like, being trans and stuff like yeah. that. So I kind of had a lot of jokes that I'd use when, like, people would, you know, react a certain way when I'd tell them certain things about yeah. me. So I was like, do you know, what? I'll just I'll just put it in a set, or just it, just kind of actually get them on paper. Yeah. Um, and then like, 
usually when I was like in the first, especially I think I started in November. It would yeah, it's about November, so mm. September and October. I went to a lot of comedy nights that were on offer at the uni. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And and they have like you know different open mics and stuff like that. So that would like trigger something to be like oh you know write this down and then see what you can make of it so that's what I did in the beginning and then since then I've sort of just like like it's sort of just stuff that comes to me like I just like I'll think of something or I'll think of like a punchline and be like do you know what that that might be all right said out loud <laughs> yeah yeah I, 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 I can relate strongly to that so it's like I can't I find it very difficult to consciously write things. So I just kind of have to latch on to something when it, when, 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 when my mind sort of wanders there, or something, something sort of uh, triggers that, and then I have to kind of yeah. grasp that and then work with it immediately. Otherwise, because like uh, annoyingly, it will normally happen like if, if I'm in the middle of like like uh, walking to or from work or like somewhere where I can't write, and then like, I'll be yeah. like, oh, "That's a really good idea." And then by the time I get home, I'm like, oh, I'm knackered. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> and then I, just, and then, like, yeah. just lose that forever. And then like, there's still, Literally. I'm convinced, like. From like, I was even like my first or second year doing stand up. I remember, like, I was just I, I, I was going to bed and I came up with this really good idea. I was like, "This is fantastic! This is the best thing I've ever come up with." I'll write it down first thing in the morning and develop it. And I woke up and I was like, "I can remember having an idea. I haven't got a fucking yeah. clue what it was, and it's eaten away at me ever since." It probably wasn't even any good, but like the fact that I can't remember it is really stressed me out. <laughs> it's so annoying. Like yeah. that's that frustrates me. That's why. I always like. I mean, I always have my phone on me because yeah. you know I'm 20. I'm still a young person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm of that generation. Yeah. So like, so it's kind of like I always go in my notes and like write down the like kind of um the stru- not the structure but sort of like the points I want to hit. Yeah. And then like the the wording of it, I'll just sort of like when I write it down, I'll be like, okay, how would I say this? Yeah. Um, so like you know I tried to think of an example now oh, I can't even think of an example <laughs> but like yeah I just sort of write the kind of topic well, let's, 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 let's go with um, so the, the, the bit you opened Blizzard with was the bit where you talking about coming out uh, but it was as left handed and that, and then that, that whole thing how, how did that come about uh, oh so that um that's other thing. If, if, if you can remember, <laughs> it's in, it's in my head, so I can I can see it. Yeah. I think I just wrote. I think I wrote coming out left-handed. Uh, Devil's minion. <laughs> um, <laughs> being being gay and trans isn't gonna get me there in the first place. Yeah. I think that was what I wrote, and then that became <laughs> that became my coming out on stage. <laughs> It's, 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 it's a good way of doing it. I like it. So, Thank you. So, so you sort. So, do you tend not? To, you, you tend not to write things out in full. Do you sort of like sort of write, as you said, like the beats of the jokes are the kind of bits you need to hit, and then the sort of in between bits you kind of kind of come naturally as you're delivering it. Uh, or do you do you write things out as you would say them? Um, I guess kind of. So, like, what I do yeah. is so like the beats and stuff I put in the notes on my phone. Right. And then I have a notebook that I use because I just think, like, it's better for me to get to, like, write it down. Yeah. Like, for it to literally flow. Um, so, like, I'll write down the sort of, like, words that I want to say. Yeah. And sort of, like, if it's not, if I don't use that word, it'll be, like, a very similar word. Yeah, yeah. Um, if that makes sense. So, like... So, you've know, got I'll the skeleton of, just... of it on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I'll just sort of write, like... Um, 
so I'm, you know, for example, I'll write in it. So I'm going to come out to you guys right now. So like, here, you know, here we go. But like, yeah. you know, when when it comes to performing it on stage, like when I'm speaking it, I can work out how it flows. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does absolutely. I think there's a danger because I'm I'm someone who like I like to write things out in full, but I will very rare like I'll normally deviate from that when I'm delivering it. I find yeah. In my early days, there was like a tendency for me to like rigidly script things, and then the problem with that is. If you slightly miss, like, you know, if you slight, do it slightly differently from how you've originally scripted it, that kind of throws you off the entire the uh, entire flow of it, and it's more important, totally. uh, I think, to get yeah to, to to get that material out than to necessarily deliver it like word by word uh, the, the the way you scripted it uh, was what I found anyway. Obviously, different methods, um, for different people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because like, I know some people who like can't write things down like in full at all. That will just completely ruin it for them. And then equally, I know people who. Um, who, who are like the opposite? They have to write things down. I think I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I think I tend I generally have to write things down, even if I never look at them again. The act of writing stuff down sort of helps cement it in my brain a little bit. Uh, I'm yeah. literally the same. Like yeah. that is what I'm like. So that, yeah, when, yeah, when um, like when I was just doing acting and like learning lines, that's how I, I I'd often like uh, just sort of like rewrite or retype uh, all the lines I've got to learn, and that will kind of help cement it in my brain. And the more I did that. Um, I just found it a nice way to to sort of practice your lines without having to actually practice them. So in certain situations where like if where, where I can't really just sort of vocalize out loud, like because if, if I'm in public or whatever, I um, yeah I found that was a really good method, and I've taken that over to stand up. Uh, you sound like you do something kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the same. But with with lines, what I do is I record myself saying them. So yeah, that, like, that's another good one. Yeah. Yeah. So that works for me where, like, I, you know, I'll be on the train or something. Yeah. Like, I had an audition a few weeks ago. And yeah. I had, like, two different scripts. So I'd just play it on the train. Or, like, yeah. I'd just play my parts. And then oh, right, yeah. when I, yeah, and then, like, when I get like a muscle home, memory I thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, like, I could see where the other character's dialogue would, like, slot in. Yeah. Um, and that seems to have worked for, for me for, like, two or three years. So... You know, yeah. I must be doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so the next thing I want to ask um, is uh, to do with your transition. If you'd rather not talk about it, I won't go down there. Um, no, no, it's fine. Yeah, sure. I'm just. Ask yeah, away. yeah, so, um, I mean, it sounds like you were already out by the time you started performing. Is that is that accurate? Or? Oh, yeah, I was. Yeah. I think I was. Let's have a think. Yeah. I was about. It's, when I started performing, I would have been 10, 11 months on testosterone. Okay, right, yeah. So I think you're in a really interesting position because um, obviously I know you had top surgery a few months ago. Um, mm -hmm. So you've been sort of undergoing transition whilst you've been performing. I just wondered if you've noticed any sort of shift in how you're perceived on the circuit, either by audiences or other acts, sort of the further you've gone with your transition. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I don't. Do you know what? Mm, so I think the I think the only thing that sort of shifted people's perceptions is like I feel like because obviously, like as you know, when you're on testosterone, like your facial features change and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's just become the fact that I pass more now. Yeah. So I think it's that like people don't. They don't like. They probably look at me and just think like, "Oh, I'm a gay camp man." Yeah. But when which you but are. when I start talking, <laughs> yeah, exactly, which I am. Yeah. But when I start talking about being a trans gay camp man, yeah, 
that's like, oh, okay. And I think because I pass a bit more, it kind of like, not disturb isn't the word, but like places the audience in a different different place that they thought they would be in the set. I, I, I can imagine it, would, it, it, it could catch a lot of audiences off guard. Like, that's without it, that's prior knowledge of you, yeah. Yeah, and that's like, I think that's what, that's what I kind of like about it. Is that yeah. people, you see people at the start of the set and they're a bit like, you know, obviously because at the start I say like, thank you, I chose it myself. Yeah. Like, about about my name. Yeah. So like, I think people... So some of, people will get it and some people will still be sort of like the cogs wearing, they're trying to work it out. Yeah, and I think like, even even with that, it's sort of a nervous laugh of like, oh my God, <laughs> like, yeah. what's going to happen? <laughs> Where's he going with this? Um... But I, re- I really like where it places audiences, especially because, like, you know, I make jokes about, like, you know, mm. people asking what trans people have down there. Yeah. And, like, you really know, certain yeah. questions. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of like, I kind of like that because it's almost taken these things that these people have been like, okay, we can't ask trans, pe- trans people that. I'm making it funny. I'm making it seem like, oh, okay, like, yeah. you know, this is, a, this is a safe space. This is... You know, yeah. we're all here. <laughs> yeah. That's what I sort of like about it. So do you ever have... Have you ever had gigs where you've got, like, an ex- sort of extreme negative reaction towards that? No, I think yeah. the only the only gig... I had a gig in Preston, and it was, like, it was fine. I did, this, I did like, similar yeah. sort of material. I did a blizzard. Yeah. Um, and the audience... The only bits that the audience really laughed at are the bits where I talked about, like, STIs. Right, yeah. And, like you know, like, bad sexual experiences, all the trans stuff they just weren't on board with. Right. Um, but afterwards, I went outside, um, and I was walking to the station to get a train back. Yeah. And a guy said to me, like, you were really good, but we're just not ready for it. And I was like, do you know what? That's that's fair. Like, I'm not going to take it. That's not a criticism. It's a thing of, like, you yeah. know, this is material that, like, I'm not. I'm not saying like you know. Oh, I'm great, and my material works all the time. Like, yeah. This is material I know has worked yeah. and continues to work because I do it. Yeah. You know. You know, near enough. Yeah. yeah. I used to do it every week before um, lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, obviously, in some places, it's just that they're not as. I don't want to say woke, but they're not as woke. Well, the, yeah. You know it's... It's an exposure thing, I think, because like, I've definitely, I yeah. definitely find like I don't really do it much these days when I am gigging in smaller towns, like because you don't get, particularly on TV, you don't really get a lot of exposure to like you do so more now than you did like ten, twenty years ago. But the the only, yeah. the main exposure most people have had to to, to transgenderism is normally through like as it be as it being treated as as, as some kind of anomaly or like or, 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 or like the butt of a joke. So yeah, you, I do yeah. definitely notice in certain in towns that don't necessarily have like a thriving queer community. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a, you get a very different reaction. Not even necessarily a negative but, one, but certainly a more confused reaction than than you might elsewhere. Yeah, but even but even then, like I've gone, I've gigged in places like Skipton. Yeah. Now I still don't know where Skipton is, but I've <laughs> gigged there. <laughs> you found your way. But yeah. like they were. Yeah, they were like, uh, like the, there was only like two people who were really there for the comedy. Yeah. And like, they weren't like the best audience, but they were just like, but they were on board with the trans stuff. And like, it's nice when it happens, yeah. Yeah, and then I did a gig in Warrington, like, 
Yeah. Kind of like the middle of nowhere Warrington. Yeah. It wasn't the middle of nowhere, but it was like, like a, I don't know, like off Warrington, yeah. like a sort of bit where you probably wouldn't expect anyone yeah. queer to be. And do you know what? They were, they were quite happy as well. They quite liked it and they enjoyed my set and like, you know. Yeah. I think, you know, it it surprised me because when I went to Preston, I thought with it being a city, yeah, that it would maybe that I'd maybe get a, not a not a good response. I would I wouldn't. But, but they'd like, be a bit more, than, yeah. Yeah, like better than what I had at like Skipton and stuff. But actually, like the smaller gigs I've done compared to Preston have been that bit more receptive which it's a bit weird but then you know at the same time yeah it's totally the case where like some smaller towns they just don't they're just not on board they're like you know I've never seen anyone like you ever yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's that's interesting because there's do you like with those experiences do you adjust your set or the way you perform it based on the context of the audience so like obviously Blizzard is uh, like inclusive gig is, is quite queer, um, but like, other mm-hmm. gigs maybe aren't necessarily uh, openly as that. So w- would you say, say like, if you were doing just like the comedy sort of Frog and Bucket, and uh, compared to our gig, would you like prepare for that in the same way? Would you would you deliver things in the same way? Would you have would you have like a different focal point? What what do you have any like sort of differing processes in that? Yeah, I think the difference the difference I found with Blizzard and what I. What I liked about it and found interesting is that I knew the audience would sort of understand what I was on about. Yeah. So, like, you know, with things like when I talk about, like, Grindr, when yeah, I talk yeah. about, like, especially with being on Grindr, like, being yeah. trans, when I talk about, like, just being trans in general, yeah. I knew that the audience would have an understanding of it. Maybe not, like, overly, but I knew when I went in there that, you know, everyone in there would have Would have heard of it at least, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or some sort of like little understanding of what the T is in LGBT. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like you just don't. Whereas like I feel like you know like you can see it in the video um, of my set. I say like, oh, I don't want to, you know, preach the converted. You know what I'm on about. Yeah. Like because they do because I know that they do because it's yeah. that type of gig. Yeah, Whereas yeah. like other places, I can't say like you know what I'm on about. I'm not going to preach the converted. Yeah. Like. You're all gay, it's fine. Like, I can't. <laughs> like, I can't do that. Maybe you should do it, that'd be um, really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you all know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> You're all obviously queer, right I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that's, like, I think that's one thing I've found, is that, because yeah. so- sometimes, I guess, when I'm doing a gig, I'm sort of explaining myself, and yeah. I have to sort of be, like, okay, let's start from, like, this is what yeah. gay means, this is what grinder is, this yeah. is the top and the bottom. Whereas when it came into yours, I was like, how, like, <laughs> you yeah. clearly know the spectrum of, like, yeah. all of this. So I didn't really, I felt more, I felt a bit more relaxed, definitely. Oh, that, 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 that's good, that's that's exactly what we're aiming for. I've, I, I find it quite, good. quite interesting, yeah, because, um, like, like, like we're saying, with... With gigs like Blizzard, you can kind of cut a lot of the ex- explanation out uh, uh, of 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 these bits. Um, but yeah, there's certain bits that I I can never do at Blizzard because they're bits that rely on an audience not not knowing about like uh, trans and queer stuff. So you, you get an interesting there's an interesting difference between like the kind of stuff I I perform for for, for for both of them. So do you have like any lines at all that you would like? That, that you that you would leave out of of either either like a really sort of quite queer knowledgeable gig, uh, or 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 vice versa, if that makes sense. I I rambled yeah. a bit there. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that makes it. Um, 
Oh, let's think through my set. Maybe the bit where I, like, it's quite a new bit that I've started doing about my yeah. binder and having, like, the torso Shrek and things like I, that. I really like that. Um, bit. That's good, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, but that bit, like, I, I, you know, I have to, I, I know at places like Blizzard, they'll have this image of what a binder is or they'll know yeah. someone who's worn a binder or they will have, yeah. you know, seen a binder somewhere. But, like, you know, or they might have spoke to a trans person who spoke to them about binders, yeah. whereas, like, go to other gigs I kind of have to be like it's a compression thing that I yeah. used to wear and like all this stuff and like especially when I'd say like you know worth you know I, I think I said a blizzard I just said like worth the eight grand and yeah. everyone sort of knew what I was on about in terms of like my chats yeah yeah whereas like in other places I have to go like worth the eight grand to get them chopped or something like that yeah. but it's like it's little th- it's little things like that I guess other than that like I I didn't find so, out the yeah. change too much. Just I just had to kind of be like, I, I'm not yeah. patronizing you. Like, yeah. this is this is just what I do. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, you, you you keep the same content, just like a couple of the sort of setups uh, are slightly different to cater to different knowledge levels, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, gonna change topic now a bit to. So I want to talk about Soul Funny um, and your experience at the Edinburgh Fringe because you've. Uh, like, you've, is it 18 months you've been since your first gig, was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, so it was November 2018, yeah. so about so, about that, yeah. Yeah so, yeah, so you've not really been gigging that long in a grand scheme of things. So I wanted, I wanted no. to ask you about your experience. Were you in Edinburgh for, for the whole month, or was it like a week thing? or? No, so we did um, we did a two-week run. Two-week so run? So we went, That's yeah, so we were there from the, the last day of July, I think it was yeah. the 31st or something, yeah, to yeah. the... So you did, um, like, the first what? half, yeah. Yeah, till like, the 14th or the 15th of August, something like that. Yeah, so yeah. Um, so how how do you think that helped or, 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 or affected your development as a performer? Did you find... I'm assuming you were gigging, like, virtually every day you were up there. Um, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, how, 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 how did you find <laughs> that? Um, so, like, how how is, sort of, like, pre-Edinburgh Ben different to post-Edinburgh Ben, is what I'm asking. Yeah, I think... Um, to be honest, I didn't. I was sort of lucky in the sense that I didn't really have a bad night in Edinburgh. Like, That's of course, there's nights say, where, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, of course, there's nights where, like, I didn't do as well. But yeah. like, that in the grand, it, you know, yeah. out of the two weeks, that was probably only like, you know, a night or so. Yeah. And like, I was, I found that I had to learn how, because you know especially at the Fringe, you'll find that your week audience is drastically different to your weekend audience. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, the people who... And you have to sort of... Especially... You kind of have to... What? How, how do I word this? You have to sort of try to keep your audience. So, obviously, because we're a free show... Yeah. And we didn't have, like, a door, and we were sort of in, like, an old storage container. Yeah, yeah. Um we had to sort of, um, like, people could just sort of walk through the curtain and, like, leave mid-performance if they didn't like it. And it's fair enough. If they don't like it, like, you know, it's polite to sit through it, but if you don't like it, yeah. then... You can't you know, just leave, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. It's different taste. Um, yeah. But, like, keeping audiences put who maybe didn't come by specifically to watch it was, like, a really interesting experience. <laughs> basically trying to hold people there. 
<laughs> um, and I think another thing was learning sort of how how much it takes. Because, like, obviously I, I'd gigged quite a bit beforehand. Yeah. Like, well, for, compared to, like, some, you know, other people who maybe went up and compared to yeah. some, like, other people in the society, I've, you know, I've gigged yeah. quite quite a lot. Um, and I think I, what I found when I was in Edinburgh is that, like, how much I really, you, you know, have to gig to get to a point where I'm sort of comfortable in my material. Mm. Like... And I think it helped with the development as well. So, like, I was doing gigs at, like, quarter to one in the morning. I was going from our gig straight to another gig. And it was kind of showing how how much work it's going to take and how, like... You know, like, I knew it... And, like, I never, ever thought for a second that I'll just leave university and live with the, live with the Apollo will ring me. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't... And, like, I don't, I don't think like that because I know, like, no. in, especially in comedy, you have to work hard. But I think it sort of hit it home for me a bit more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, even people who I know are full-time comics were doing, like, you know, free shows, yeah. which is brilliant yeah. and amazing. And, like, you know, it, those shows were great and they're great artists. But, like, it's not as if I can expect to go full-time and then all of a sudden loads of people will pay for my show. Does yeah, yeah. I think it's it's. I, I was saying this about someone earlier. Actually, like when you sort of when you first start seeing stand up on TV, you kind of assume it's just this kind of you, you do open mic gigs and then you just kind of on TV. You you don't realize it's this whole sort of like middle ground of professional comedians who you put have never like been on TV but are still making a living off of it. Uh, you don't really yeah. um, you don't really quite appreciate the sort of how many layers there are to that uh, to that ladder, I guess. For sure. So sure. exactly. and yeah, and I've never I've I've been to Edinburgh as a punter. I've never I've never performed there. But yeah, certainly a thing I've I've, I've picked up on the circuit is and even though like the a back somewhere in the back of my mind must have known that it's a long process. You don't just sort of like you you don't just get seen at an open mic night and then they're like oh, I have a panel show on BBC Three or whatever. But um, yeah, exactly. You, you do start to like when you start when, we even not before just like start going to other gigs. You start realizing oh yeah, there's there's a whole. There's a whole hierarchy here, essentially, but also weirdly not at the same time. Like I don't. Yeah. Most comedians I know, there are exceptions. Most comedians I know, who are at higher levels, don't particularly speak down to lower level comedians. There's, there's, there's like a technical hierarchy in who's getting who's getting the paid spots and who's not. But I yeah. certainly in Manchester, I I don't really encounter that sort of level of of, of arrogance and kind of belittling of newer acts. I don't know if your experience is different to that. But I'm no, totally. lucky, yeah. Yeah, like, no, I can totally. name a couple of people. I'm not going to, but yeah, as a whole. Yeah, I think there are a few people. Like, uh, to be honest, do you know what? Like, the only sort of arrogance I've sort of faced was like, this was is from other sort of open micers. Yeah, and this is in Manchester. Yeah, like th- this hasn't this hasn't really been my experience in Manchester because mm. like every like most if not all people who I've interacted with on the circuit have been like beautifully lovely to me like really yeah. kind like you know if if I've applied for spots they've like given me spots and yeah. like you know helped me develop and invite me back when I've developed and things like that and I'm really like just to put it out there I'm really grateful for that as well yeah yeah um so I've not really experienced it in Manchester but last year um I did the Chortle student competition in yeah. Lincoln yeah um and me and my friend Charlotte went in and Charlotte said to someone, oh, how many times have you gigged? And he was like, oh, two. And she was like, 
oh, well, I've done this open mic and this open mic. And he's like, I don't count open mics as gigs. And I was like, mate, like, no. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was like, it was, it was like, well, how many have you done with open mics? And it was like another three. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know who you think you are, but get off your high horse. Yeah. You're, you're not, you, you know, you're no, you're no big top paid comedian. This yeah. isn't live, this isn't live the Apollo. This isn't, yeah. you know, 10 Cats Just Countdown. Yeah. Get off it. And do you know what? It wasn't even good. No, I, 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 I could have seen that coming, yeah. Yeah, yeah I definitely know really get laughs. Yeah, you do um, get those people. And I think I nearly fell into that trap, actually, because my first couple of gigs were quite good, and then I got a bit cocky, and then like the third gig, I absolutely died on my ass. But like, sort of before the gig, I wasn't, I wasn't being shitty to anyone else, but I was kind of like, like really talking myself up and just being like, yeah, and being really overconfident. And it was the first time I was, yeah. I, 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 it was mostly new stuff. Um, and then none of, like, one joke got a laugh. And then that was, of, of my entire five minute set. And then, like, that re- I think you need at least one death to really humble you. Oh, I certainly did. Yeah. Uh, there was a further point I was going to make, but I've forgotten what that was. Uh, so I'll just move on. Um, well, we've done, we've done about half an hour, so I'll start wrapping up in a sec. There's just one more question I wanna, wanted to ask, which, I've, uh, which I end all my interviews with now. So what's the one mm-hmm. bit? What's the one bit of advice you've received that stuck with you throughout your performance career? Uh, now this, this doesn't have to necessarily be from another comedian or comedy promoter. It doesn't even have to be specifically comedy advice, but some like a bit of advice that you that has sort of helped you along as a comedian. Oh, hmm. Um. Oh, it's. Take your time to think about it if you want. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a few, mm. but I'm trying to think of like. The like OG, like, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe you'll get a thousand no's before you get one yes. Oh, that's that. That's yeah. That's an interesting one. That yeah, because I think like like especially, especially last year as I came back from the fringe and like obviously with those two weeks after two or three weeks after the fringe, yeah. I was getting like you know I was applying for gigs and getting them like. There was a week where I gigged like five times in the week, and like mm. there were times like that where I was just like going for it, yeah. and like, but that was because everyone was at the fringe, so not as many people were applying for it. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I was like, well, why aren't I getting this gig? Why aren't I getting that gig? Of gigs for all these people before, and it's kind of like, like it, it did sort of take a bit of like thinking to be like, look, you're, you know, and I, I never thought I was all that. Like I don't think I'm all that. But it was yeah. like that sort of thing of you're gonna get rejected. Like if you get rejected, you get you don't get rejected because you're shit. You no. get rejected because they've either already booked it, you're yeah. not right for the gig, or you're yeah. not at the you're not at the like level that you sort of need. Yeah. Like they that that they sort of require for their gigs, and all of them things are completely okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. But then. Yeah, but then, you know, even with those a thousand no's, that one yes can lead to five more yeses. And Absolutely, five more yeah. Yeses it's definitely a snowball effect, yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's like that thing of, like, you know, I, I'll get, like, one yes off a... You know, like, I've gigged... Yeah. Like, I've gigged in places, done that gig, and then another book has come up to me and gone, oh, will you come yeah. and do my gig? And it's like, yeah. oh, I'll, yeah, I'll come do your gig. And I'll go do their gig. And then there'll be some other bookers. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, come do this gig. So it's like, it is that sort of slow drip thing where like, you know, just don't, don't think that everyone's going to say yes to you just because like you've, 
I, I don't know, just like, just ex- expect rejection, but it doesn't mean you're worth less in your career than no. you are. No, yeah, that's a really important thing to remember. I, I, yeah, I wish, because like, it's something I especially realised when I started running a gig, is like, I really hate rejecting people, because like, nine times out of ten, like, they're either someone who I want to book later, or they're someone who I think will be ready later. Uh, but we just, we, yeah, we're, 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 quite, we're quite competitive in terms of, like, the amount of people applying for it, so I can't necessarily compete with everyone the same gig. Uh, there's been a couple of times when there's been someone who I've been like, you have not read the ethos when you've applied for this, and I've had to reject them. And then, and then one of them just got, like, absolutely really shitty, really sort of, like, snobby, doing like, oh, yeah, I, 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 uh, I've performed at Hot Water, and uh, I, I, I think I could do your little gig. It was just like, well, I mean, I wasn't going to... Oh. Yeah, I wasn't going to book you anyway. I'd kind of let him down gently and sort of being like, I don't think you're necessarily right for our gig. And he was like, oh, yeah, but I can do all this. It's like, I don't care. You're not... I, I know my audience, they're going to think you're an utter wanker. So I'm not booking yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, yes, that is... Exactly. But, yeah, it is incredibly important. To, particularly around, like, the Northwest, um, spots are quite competitive. There aren't... There are way more comedians than there are spots, so yeah, you are going to have to wait. But promoters do speak to each other as well. So once you do a gig and they like you, you, you'll be recommended to other ones, and then you'll get. It is partly that who you know thing, but also because of how interconnected it is, you just you only really need to impress one promoter to really start that that effect. Yeah, exactly. Like I've I've started going to gigs now, and I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not any big person and I've only been going 18 months and in the grand scheme of things yeah. that's like you know that's like three days in comedy gears yeah, but yeah. Like, um I you know I've started going to places and people have been like oh I've heard your name before yeah and it's like oh okay so it's exactly that thing and like I know yeah, I've yeah. watched professional comedians talk about other comedians yeah. in either a really good light well, yeah, or do. not yeah, a great yeah. light. Yeah. So it happens in every sort of stage of it. Like yeah. what we were sort of saying before, like, you know, it it's not sort of limited. Um, and also, like, the other thing is, like, I've started, like, especially this year, I've started applying to, like, you know, trying, trying to get an agent to start, like, a, yeah. you know, like an acting career and to try and, like, get me some, you know, some, like, little work, even yeah, it's, yeah. like, extra work, just something to, like, getting me out there and trying to apply to stuff. Yeah. But it's sort of remembering it with that as well. It's like, you know, I've applied to some agents where I've gone, yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna sign me. No. Because I'm not at the level that they need, like and I'm not at the level, you know, I've not I've not been going long enough and yeah. I've not been um I'm not at a stage where they can sign me on confidently. Yeah. And that's and that is also fine, but I also know that at least I've sent them an email. Absolutely. And then yeah. when it comes to it they can be like, I know yeah. your name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's, re- that's really good advice. Right. Yeah, so it, you'll get a thousand no's from someone, but it might turn into a yes later in life. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely don't do not do what that guy did in, like, Burner Bridge before. <laughs> like, you've even... Because, like, I've got this yeah. other one. Yeah, this other, this other guy, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say his name, but um, I've got this other guy who, who sent off an application. His video was good, and there were, there were a couple of bits I was like, that's not really right for our gig. So I sort of explained that I don't think... Uh, and it was only a five-minute set as well, so, and it was like sort of like two minutes out of five. I was a bit iffy on, so I was like, I can't really justify yeah. booking him on three minutes of good material. So like, I said to him, look, this is what like uh, these are the reservations I have about you doing our gig. And then 
to his credit, he took it really well. He sent me another video of the longest hair, and I was just like, actually, this is this is a lot better. There's still a couple of jokes that I take out, but I, I communicate that to him, and I was like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll put you on. Uh, compared to the other guy, who was just like, I don't think you're right for our gig, and then just going like, yeah, well, I'm too good for your gig anyway. Just like, don't yeah. don't, don't burn those bridges, because again, promoters talk to each other about acts they like, but they also talk about acts who are absolute bellends. So, like, if you burn one bridge with a promoter, that's gonna spiral, and you're gonna struggle to get booked. Yeah, and I've I've seen it like even when you know. I think it was like my second or yeah. third gig, and like no, it wasn't even. I wasn't even going for a gig. I was going to watch an open mic with one of my friends. Yeah, and I, I like, you know, that was when I was first starting to gig regularly, and I saw it like as a, not as an audience, but as someone who was just starting to get in with it. I saw that happen, and I literally saw it happen right in front of me, with like people talking about this one comedian who had made these like really bad jokes and like he yeah. was he was blacklisted from all of Manchester and it just goes to show like yeah. exactly what you're saying how how much I've got a hunch I might, I've got a hunch I might know who that is but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it yeah um, yeah so yeah but I've seen it a few times I've yeah. seen it a good few times oh, yeah, yeah. so it's like it is that thing of you know you'll get news from people but it might just be that you know and I'm not saying that to be like, oh, uh, you know, everyone talks and you'll never get another gig. I'm saying no. that to be like, people talk. Yeah. So, like, you Absolutely. can get a no from someone, but then if you got a no from that person, they might be like, no, but actually, I know someone who would. I know someone whose gig you're right for. Yeah, and then you can do that, and, and then they'll be like, oh, this person did really well, and then, like, yeah, you, you, you've, yeah. Got, you've got in there, yeah. Yeah, you just never know. You just never know. But, yeah, that's probably the one thing that's kind of helped is that like you know you'll get a thousand no's don't take the no to heart because mm. there's there's a yes coming and that was ben hodge uh, like i say um fantastic force of positivity on the circuit and we were delighted to have him do blizzard comedy and we'd like to chat we're delighted to to have the opportunity to to, to chat further with him uh, and really get to grips with uh, who he is as a performer and, and the processes he does and his experience with uh, the industry so uh, thank you so much for listening um as you're aware, this is a very uncertain time for comedy at the minute. Oh god, I hate using that word uncertain. I just I sound like every big corporation sending out emails to people at the minute. So, oh, we're in uncertain times, but you can still buy Lego. Um, I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is a really awkward time for comedians. Um, we do have a Patreon, which uh, with uh, so many people are, are lovingly supporting uh, throughout this time, even though we are unable to provide a lot of the content we, uh, and um, rewards we would normally. So we're eternally grateful to all of our patrons. Um, if you would like to support us on Patreon, uh, you can do so for as little as two dollars a month. Uh, that would really help us uh, keep going. So by the time that you know live shows are possible again, uh, we're able to carry that on without taking much of a hit uh, and also do go out and support the uh, individual comedians um that that um and and other comedy clubs that you like because um yeah after all this is over uh, i think it's fair to say that we have wildly uh, as a society underappreciated uh, the arts um so yeah if if you are able to support financially uh, any sort of form of that yeah please do because um you know, the, the government aren't going to do it or they're going to do it in a way that makes it really awkward for actual struggling artists to take advantage of it. So, yeah, if you're able to support people directly, please do. Um, we are we are going to be helping out comedians who need it um, with, with any excess money that we uh, retain from not having to put on shows. 
Um, but yeah, if you um, will also provide plenty of resources that you can help support um, if you are someone who is financially able to do so. Uh, if you're not, um, obviously that's valid. There's a lot of people who are in a lot of uh, financial troubles at the minute. Um, if you are one of those people who are who are who are struggling but still want to show your support, um, they just shout about us on social media, leave us good reviews, um, and yeah, just just uh, look at all the fantastic content that is being put out by people. Um, we're going to be promoting anything we think looks exciting and wonderful, um, and also yeah, just 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 keep an eye out all your favourite comedians and comedy nights for the content they're providing because um, yeah, at the minute, what what the fuck else are you doing? Um, yep, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.